Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be at the Houston State of Energy event for 2019. But first, I want to talk to you about our latest issue of Shell Magazine. Our cover is Congressman Michael Cloud, a fairly new congressman who has gone to Washington, D.C. and has really shook things up. Uh, Very interesting story. Congressman Cloud has truly been responsible for bringing a lot of funds and a lot of activity into the Corpus Christi region and area. As a fairly new congressman, you guys might remember that he replaced Blake Ferenthal. Um, And since he has arrived, he has managed to uh, ride on Air Force One with President Trump, talk to him about the funding necessary for the investment in the Port of Corpus Christi, and has really got a lot of... uh, interesting opinions about what's going on in the area of Victorian Corpus. So I encourage you to uh, go to shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And of course, learn more about Congressman Cloud, as well as get your latest issue of Shell Magazine. And now it's time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in Texas. It sure is. And I am so glad that you are back from vacation. I, uh, of course, we all followed you uh, here at Shale and in the oil patch while you guys were on vacation. And uh, tell me a little bit about it. I mean, it looked like you went to some amazing places. We did. We, uh, you know, we've been planning that trip for almost two years. uh, And it was just kind of a bucket list deal where we started in Rome for a couple of days and then uh, got on a cruise ship. that took us up around the uh, Mediterranean coast over to uh, to Monte Carlo and then to Cannes and then to Mallorca and then finally ended up in Barcelona for three days. And uh, it was just wonderful, just uh, a very relaxing. Uh, you know, I was afraid it was going to be really hectic and stressful, and it turned out to be very relaxing. And uh, the people are so nice that you deal with. Uh, and, and we had never been to Spain. And... Uh, Barcelona is just a, an amazing, amazing city. I wish we had had two weeks there um, alone. You know, it was just uh, just a wonderful, wonderful experience, you know, for someone who hasn't been to Europe much. Right. It did look like you all in beautiful places. Well, let's jump into our topics of oil and gas. Um, you know, they say everything is bigger in Texas. And our state is now the largest producer of polyethylene, thanks to the opening of the ExxonMobil big new plant in Beaumont. Um, Tell me a little bit about the importance to the state and, of course, the oil and gas industry here in Texas. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Uh, In fact, the growth of the uh, chemical industry uh, business here in Texas and along the Gulf Coast in general is a huge thing for shale producers because they... uh, Polyethylene is is made with uh, ethane and and other byproducts of of oil and natural gas, and so it just you know it's it's a big demand generator for the products here in the U.S. It's a big producer of new jobs and economic development here in Texas and Louisiana and along the Gulf Coast, and uh, this 
Exxon Mobil plant is the biggest in the country, the biggest polyethylene plant. Polyethylene is a feedstock for making all manner of plastics and, and other products that are just, you know, we all use in our lives every day. It's just a, it's a great example of how the oil and gas industry really drives not just the industry itself, but jobs and, and creation and economic development across the economy in general. Well, and, and I know in the past we've had quite a few shows uh, on the uh, plant from ExxonMobil and uh, Sebec that actually, or Sabic that actually um, is coming up in the, uh, what, Portland, Texas area, which is in San Pat. San Patricia County. Um, so most definitely there's a lot of movement going on um, with these different plants and uh, the petro or downstream part of the oil and gas sector. Um, we also, though, we talked a lot about the need for pipeline capacity to move the Permian oil here in recent months. There's been a lot of media coverage. We've covered a lot of it on the show, too. And um, I was able to catch up with Kendra Morgan, which will air that show Um not this weekend, but next weekend. But we have some uh, great news on that front coming out of Kinder Morgan. Um, so what are the details that you uh, have to tell us about Kinder Morgan? Well, their, their Gulf Coast Express pipeline they announced this week is well ahead of schedule and is expected to come online as early as September this year. It was previously expected to be around the first of next year. And uh, so that's great news. You know, uh, it's a natural gas pipeline. Uh, one of two natural gas lines, uh, Kinder Morgan is building down to destinations along the Gulf Coast, including Corpus Christi and Houston. And, uh, you know, it's just a big, important project. It's a big capacity line. And uh, having that ahead of schedule with all of the, you know, there's been a lot of pushback to not just Kinder Morgan's line, but a lot of these pipelines as they try to go through the Texas Hill Country and other parts of the state that haven't been used to having pipelines built through them, to have that particular project well ahead of schedule is really great news for the build out of this much needed new pipeline capacity in general here in the state. And so uh, it's it's welcome news to the whole industry, and it, this is the way to get the product safely to market. So uh, it's good to see that happening. I know, and I'm, I encourage our listeners um, next weekend, we'll be advertising it when we caught up with them and had a great deal of information on what was happening um, from Kendra Morgan's standpoint and uh, the judge's review and um, just kind of really talking about the whole project in, in, in much more detail. Finally, <clears throat> we had a great example this week of how the booming oil industry creates development and jobs in other industries. So it, it just has a way of cross uh, transferring into other areas. And uh, one of the latest ones that's a really great win uh, for the Portland, Sinton, San Patricia County area, which for maybe our listeners who don't know, that's out there uh, near South Texas um, in the port of Corpus Christi area and Ingleside and all that area. Tell me a little bit about the, tell me about the new announcement from the new steel plant. Yeah, it's a big deal. Steel Dynamics uh, has a, is investing $1.9 billion in a new steel manufacturing plant just outside of Sinton, Texas, in the part of the country where I grew up in Beeville. It's just 30 miles from Beeville. Uh, they're converting what has been a sorghum farm. Uh, I think 1,400 acres, I believe, it's going to occupy. It's a big, big plant. Uh, it's going to manufacture steel right there in the Corpus Christi area. It'll be the first manufacturer of steel products, a sizable manufacturer of steel products uh, there in the Corpus Christi area. So it's a, it's a big new addition to the local economy there. 
600 permanent jobs, uh, jobs that are well-paying jobs. And, and again, just like uh, the, the chemical industry, you know, the steel industry is another industry that is, is uh, a, a, an important supplier to the oil and gas business. Everything we do in oil and gas uses steel uh, from, from cradle to grave. And so it's just a, another great example of how this industry drives you know, its its impacts uh, derive throughout the, the Texas economy. Well, let me ask you uh, your opinion about this administration versus um, the Obama administration. You know, obviously the media, there's there was a, a big pushback on uh, the steel plants. President Trump, it was one of his platforms that we needed manufacturing of steel plants back here in the United States for this very specific reason. Is it a, and it's your, is it your opinion? We're seeing it starting to come back. So the, I guess the work that Trump has been doing has really been successful uh, in oil and gas. And uh, this is a perfect example. Right. And, and these are, you know, these manufacturing jobs, if you remember the famous quote from President Obama, that, you know, when he was given the speech, I think it was in 2015 or 16, after he had been reelected, that, you know, these jobs are, these are old economy, they're never coming back. How do you, how do you create those jobs? You can't just wave a magic wand, right? And you can't just wave a magic wand and recreate these jobs. Well, it's not a matter of uh, waving a magic wand. It's a, it's a matter of, you know, uh, taking a regulatory approach to these industries that makes sense uh, and is balanced. And that's what this administration has done. And when you do that, along with the tariff policy that's been such, you know, received so much criticism, but that tariff policy has been very important in bringing these jobs and these kinds of plants back to the United States, where for the previous 30, 40 years, they had all gone, gone overseas, uh, mainly thanks to unfair trade agreements with all these other countries. So it's, it's all part of a plan. It it's often doesn't seem that way, I know. Uh, but this is all part of, of the Trump uh, administration's plan that was, you know, published well ahead of the election. If anyone had read it, they would understand this is exactly the kind of thing they were talking about. And, yeah, the steel industry is coming back. Chemicals are coming back. Manufacturing, all kind of manufacturing is coming back to this country. And it's why our economy has been in such a boom state for the last few years. Yes, most definitely. Very, very nice uh, um very nice to see President Trump is bringing these jobs back, creating them. Also, you know, something interesting is, um, you know, you're from Beeville. I have a home in uh, Rockport, and so we have to go through Sinton to get to our home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you it's a game changer for these towns, David. Seriously, it they is. have, you know, one H-E-B, you know, one, uh, you know, store, one restaurant uh, that's fast food chain. Um, this is going to just... Uh, the area is definitely growing in all different areas, from the steel plant to the ExxonMobil plant. Um, there's TCPO. Uh, but I do believe that we'll see a lot more activity in the way of housing and build-out of infrastructure. And then, of course, the economic impact of those regions. Um, and it's good because maybe people, the young people, will not choose to, you know, once they get their degrees, leave, leave their hometowns, right. but stay there and invest in their communities. Yeah, and sentence like Beeville, you know, it's been five six thousand in population since i was a kid which is a long time ago these cities have a hard time growing because there's really not a lot of industry or jobs there for these kids when they get out of high school and so the young people end up moving off uh, you know uh, to other cities where where the jobs are and so it does become a, a way of growing the city and, and you know the other thing that, that will happen with the steel plant is all the roads all the highways there in the area and all that infrastructure will have to be dramatically improved as well 
because uh, that steel is going to be transported on heavy trucks and, and trains. And, and so it's just that that economic development will continue to reverberate throughout that local economy and everything will grow. And so it is a game changer for that city. Very good. Well, David, that is all the time we have for this week's show. I look forward to having you on next week when, of course, we'll talk more energy and uh, politics. Great. I'll look forward to it. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, we will be back at the 2019 State of Energy event in Houston, Texas. We'll be right back with more of In the Oil Patch. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We're here in Houston at the 2019 State of Energy Luncheon. Let's get our first speaker's name. Hi, my name is Ron Beck from Aspen Technology, and I'm the Director of Marketing Strategy. Excellent. Well, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, Ron. Let's begin with telling me a little bit about Aspen. What what kind of a company is Aspen? How long has it been around? Sure. So... Aspen Technology is a pure software company. Um, we're the largest software company in the process industries, oil and gas, upstream, midstream, downstream, and chemicals uh, globally. And we like to call ourselves the original digital transformation company because we started building the software and helping the industry 38 years ago, and we continue today. So now when you say that, that is kind of impressive because... 38 years ago, I don't think most people really recognize that the oil and gas industry was taking advantage of technology that was, at that time, cutting edge, and still to today is cutting edge. So you guys have been evolving, creating some of the best to make them efficient, uh, increase their revenue, bottom dollar, things like that. How have you seen, in all these years, um, it, the industry evolve with companies like Aspen? So, sure. I mean, it, uh, so Aspen is headquartered out of Massachusetts. We have about 400 people in Texas and around the world also, but uh, our total uh, number of people is around 1,600. But it may seem odd for being in Texas, you know, Boston and Texas, strange bedfellows except rivals in baseball. But, right. Um, I can tell you a little bit of your Boston accent, though. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of, several of the key oil and gas players back that time saw actually had close ties to MIT already, the chemical engineering group there. Right. And they saw that people were starting to apply mathematics and statistics and data to solving yeah. oil and gas problems. And that's so all just, that's in this industry. People just don't realize that. Exactly. So we started applying how do you model. In fact, most people don't know who are just laymen that, you know, chemical plants, oil and gas refineries, oil production. Well, the industry knows safety is the biggest issue. It's very complex. Right. So the more you can apply technology and today artificial intelligence and things to improve the reliability, the safety, it improves the profit of the industry, the flow of the oil and gas, mm-hmm. but also the safety to the surrounding world. And, and just to uh, you know, go back, Aspen is one of these companies that actually is full circle. So y'all are in the up, mid, and downstream part of the energy industry, which is typically very uh, 
segmented in many ways uh, between up, mid, and down. So how have you all found the, the formula that makes it work where you can integrate all three different sectors of the energy sector? Right, so you know, our goal from the beginning, so we call ourselves a modeling company. So we build models. And originally we were building separate models for each segment and for each type of work, whether you were a operator or an engineer or a maintenance person. Um, but increasingly, we saw how technology could bring these closer and closer together. Um, and that's it. the industry's changing. So you see midstream companies do processing. You see upstream companies. You know, everything is changing very quickly. Mergers, acquisitions, um, alliances, and so forth. So we're in a unique position to help people bring all of those together. Very good. So, And also, you have a fairly new announcement. You guys just purchased something or acquired something. Tell me a little bit about what's happening. Yeah, so happening. that's right. So just this Monday. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, well, you should congratulate our CEO, who's very visionary, Antonio Pietre, who's pretty well known here in Texas. But um, So we bought two companies. We bought both in the area of analytics and artificial intelligence. So we bought a company from Montreal um, called Nubo, which basically helps embed artificial intelligence uh, into traditional work that people do. So if you go on a website and you get some sort of bot that seems very intelligent and in asking you questions, right. it might, might have been using their little uh, tools that, that companies can use. So we bought that and then we bought a, a visualization tool kit uh, that's used widely by some of the largest oil companies already based out of Manchester, England. Um, which helps bring together the billions of data points a, a large right. oil major might have and to manage the very large projects and assets they have. You guys have had the data, but right. it was really hard to try to compile it all together. Now, with all of these new systems coming into place, it's changing, it's gathering that data, but it's changing the way they're doing business and things like supply chain and stuff that had always been very segmented and now it's a little bit easier of a process uh, to figure it out. And I think they're still trying to find their way through that blockchain, but it is really interesting to see how the energy industry is, is trying to transform itself into just cutting edge and it looks like it's well on its way. That's right. So it's a, you, you stated it really well. I mean, the, the challenge here and what, uh, what we like to think of with our 38 years of knowledge in the industry is what the industry really struggles with is, okay, you have all the workers in the industry. And I know from visiting a lot of companies globally, all up and down the chain, people are nervous. Am I going to have a job next year, five years? Are the computers going to replace me? True. Right? But really what it is is that's not going to happen. The industry is much too complex for that. But mm -hmm. what is happening, what we're trying to do is what we call low-touch machine learning and artificial intelligence. So we like to talk about somebody we call Joe Normal, the guy out in the oil field mm -hmm. or in the refinery or the chemical plant or the pipeline inspecting something. How do you make it so that he can access this technology? Right. So it's, if you can access it, yeah. the technology is powerful, you can make business benefit out of it. So how do you help your workforce? It's not just the technology, it's how do the people use it? How does the organization use it? And, and the industry has changed dramatically. I mean, there was a time when engineers and uh, other employees were basically with a clipboard in hand and having to put that data in manually. Now they run around with you know, iPads and they're collecting that data instantly and sending it back to the corporate office. It's just amazing how, how technology is definitely being utilized in the energy industry yeah, for the fast. better. Yes. yes, it's changing very fast. But, and then the challenge 
for the executives is, okay, we're collecting hundreds of millions of dollars in data. Mm -hmm. We spent this money on equipping everybody with the technology. How do we achieve the business benefit and how do I make better decisions? As I know there's the data, how do I turn it into something More. I can make decisions on? Yeah. So like you said, in the supply chain, how do I make the right decision? Okay, this part of my plant is down, this part of my pipeline is down, how do I root everything really quickly to get benefit? As an executive, I have some decisions to make. Which plant should make this today? Who should I, should I call this major customer and tell them, you know, how about a deal on taking this instead of this this week? Right. You know, which will help me out because I can't make it this week. Right. Production's so, bad. When you're down, it's bad for production, bad exactly, for business. Right. Makes sense. Ron, thank you for stopping by the booth today. It was a, it's pleasure, a pleasure catching thank up you. with you. And hopefully we'll have you on the show, a much longer show, so we can really get into what Aspen's really been doing. That would be a pleasure. Thanks a thank lot. Thank you. We do have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We're here in Houston at the 2019 State of Energy Luncheon. Let's get our speaker's name. So my name is Josh Haugen. I'm the Business Development Manager for Agreco Oil and Gas. Well, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks for stopping by and talking to us for a few minutes. You're scheduled to be one of the panelists. You're yes. also going to open up the show as well. So thank you for coming. Yes, thank you for telling me that I'm opening up the show. <laughs> just nothing to worry about. It's just a little bit of time in front of everyone. That's right. So let's begin with a little bit. Tell me, we, We've had Agreco on the show a lot. Um, we've done a six-part series on all the different ways you guys are powering the energy industry. So tell me a little bit about Agreco. Like what does Agreco represent to you and how they are leading the way in the energy se sector? Well, if I were to try to summarize um, what it means to me, Agreco is pretty much the global leader in temporary engineered solutions. And it, it pretty much revolves around three core competencies. Um, helping supply temporary power, helping supply um, oil-free air, and also helping supply temperature control. So anything that revolves around those three core competencies is where Agreco really excels, and that's why I really enjoy being a part of Agreco is that the technical capability and the engineering that goes behind those three core competencies. And, you know, what we've seen is the energy industry has truly been evolving immensely quickly. Um, it used to be where they were relying on the infrastructure, and now with the shell plays coming on and just kind of exploding out of nowhere, uh, Agreco and companies that can power the energy industry with temporary power have really been very useful in making sure that they can continue to get their rigs up and build out that infrastructure while they're waiting for utility companies to come online or to build that infrastructure. But you guys have also taken advantage or created an area where you're actually not just using like diesel, but you're using things like a natural gas or solar. You're also using something that they call microgrids. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yep. So tell me a little bit about some of the newer technologies that you guys are developing to help the energy industry. So there's been a big focus within Agreco and our industry uh, in general about decarbonization, decentralization, and uh, digitization. 
So the when, three D's. Yeah, the three D's. <laughs> and I always have to make sure I slow down when I say them so I don't trip up over any of them. But the the big one, I think, what you're you were first alluding to is the decarbonization. Outside of diesel, um, the industry as a whole, as well as Agreco, is really pushing for um, multi-fuel purpose, different fuel sources to get and supply uh, power, whether that be downtown here, Houston, or in, in the oil patch in West Texas and in the other shale play. When you look at the fuel sources that are available, it's not, it's not just traditionally uh, the gas that you can get to your home or a commercial application. It can be well site gas. It can be gas that has a lot of constituents in it that normally you wouldn't necessarily want to put in engines. Agreco's developed ways to, to run off of that. Funny example, um, around the world, biogas, uh, uh, human waste gas, anything that can combust, we probably can figure out a way to make energy off of it. That is uh, amazing. It's almost like repurposing yeah. something. Maybe that it's you really don't want to repurpose, but yeah. might as well, exactly. Um, and so today, you guys are, are presenting here, talking a little bit about how you guys are changing the way the energy sector has been powering for quite some time. Um, I'd like to thank you for stopping by the booth, talking to us a little bit about what you all are doing, and I look forward to hearing your speech later today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We're here in Houston at the 2019 State of Energy Luncheon. Let's get our speaker's name. So again, Kim, my name is John Wilson. I've got responsibility for the North America sales uh, part of the Emerson Automation Solutions final control business. So great to be down here. Looking forward to uh, learning more and understanding more about what's going on in uh, you know, the, uh, the industry here in the shale piece, but also to be able to uh, continue to say and, and really talk about what, what it is that we bring to the table as well and how do we continue to work together and uh, find the right solutions for the industry. Excellent. Well, thank you. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And I'm glad that you were able to stop by the booth real quick so we could catch up with you. You're one of our presenters today for the State of Energy Houston. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Emerson. Uh, Emerson is a global billion dollar company. It has a, a huge, it's just huge. Can you kind of break it down for us? Like, how would you best describe, I know you work in one area, but let's start with Emerson as a whole, yeah, the group. I you know, Kim, the, the, the big thing about Emerson is really, you know, we're, we're split up into a couple pieces, but, but the big portion for us is really looking at the whole automation solutions business and, and how do we cover everything from the oil and gas industry, upstream, midstream, downstream, all the way into the chemical, petrochemical distribution aspect and 
you know, we can deal with power, life, sci life sciences, and other industries, but really being able to provide that complete automation solution, everything from control systems to instrumentation to really all of the final control equipment, mechanical equipment, really being able to provide our customers with really what I look at a complete automation solution that allows us to deal, you know, not just on, you know, dealing with products, but really looking at a complete solution from feasibility, planning aspects of a project, you know, if we take our shale conversations, all the field optimization, things along that line, and then really be able to take that into more of the operational performance side and everything from, you know, how do we extend the life of a well? How do we look at downhole, you know, uh, monitoring and optimization? And then really how do we look at maximizing production and being able to get that out of the field, into the processing, into the pipeline side, and eventually, ideally, into the, uh, I'll say, into the distribution markets uh, throughout the world. And, you know, as we look at that, I mean, it's great being here as more of a local piece, but also, you know, the great part about Emerson, I mean, it is a global company and really looking at how do we have that regional approach, but be able to apply that same regional strategy on a global basis as needed. Have you seen, uh, you know, so through the years, um, these rigs, you know, went from co uh, conventional to unconventional. There's a lot of old wells out there. So you're taking and trying to find out how to extend that well life, get as much oil as you can for, of course, the landowner who receives the royalty rights as well as the operator. Have you seen it evolve a lot? I mean, how much in the like the last five years of technology? Because there, the industry is definitely moving towards all kinds of automation. Yep. Obviously, you guys are leading the way. Uh, but how fast do you see technology coming on board and how fast are things changing and, and how much is that really saving or producing a lot more oil out of these wells? Yeah, I, you know, I would say it's interesting. Um, you know, I'd say our industry as a whole is not always the fastest moving, okay, in a broad sense. It hadn't been in the past, but no. it seems like it's moving light and, speed now. And, <laughs> and what I was going to say is I think that you see a lot of this now in the field and, and really the whole advent of digital transformation is right. really starting to drive that forward. And so I do believe that with a lot more of, I'll say when you get into the ability to be able to analyze performance of the well, and, and, and it allows us to be able to have different opportunities to be able to maximize the output. You know, in the past we'd see secondary, tertiary recovery. Now now it's, okay, we can combine those, uh, those technologies, but really be able to have a much better understanding of the reservoir, long-term performance, and be able to maximize the output, you know, on an existing, on an existing rig, an existing uh, well. But also, we look at new uh, new fields and things like that, and how do we maximize the opportunity so that you know we continue to build upon that knowledge base for the next 10, 20, 30 years of the, you know the life of that field, if you will. Last story before we go. Give me a scenario or an idea of something that recently happened with one of your customers that you guys were really able to like just change the outcome. You know, there's there, there's so many great examples, especially right now when you really look at uh, different things going on in the marketplace. But, you know, I, I think the thing that we, I'll talk a little bit differently than what we see onshore. I'll okay. say right now, actually, if you go a little bit offshore. And, you know, the onshore piece, it's got its own challenges. But I will say, as we start to now see more of the offshore piece of it, you know, not the same pace of what we saw maybe 10 years ago. Because that was a very long process, yeah, offshore. And, and, and a very long process, but now we start to see things at much higher pressures. So they start going deeper, you know, uh, further challenges with that. And so really the key thing is, is now it starts to get to, you know, how do you look at the optimization of the performance of the well? But the pressures and such, now, now it really starts to affect the mechanical equipment. And so now it's really a thing where we have to go back in, redesign, sit down with the likes of the Chevrons, the Exxons and others, and really help them redesign their entire rig and their output to be able to look at, you know, how are you going to be able to handle the pressures, the, uh, I'll say even the sour content, things along that line, I mean, the, uh, you know, the, the process of the fluid, 
And so it really is one right now that we're actually having to go back in and help redesign for a lot more of those deeper offshore type of uh, looks that we see. And the great part about that, I mean, there's a lot of technologies we apply, metallurgy, things along that line. And frankly, we now apply to the onshore piece every day right now. And right. so we're in the middle of doing a lot of that. And, and you know, I think that's going to change the game as we continue to see both the onshore and offshore production, especially here domestically. And, you know, frankly, continuing to build upon the uh, the leading position the U.S. has now. And, uh, you know, I'll say not just the local, but the global market as well. John, thank you so much hey, for stopping Jim, by the booth. Much. And I look forward to hearing your presentation Great. later. Thanks much. Thank much you. appreciate it. Have a good day. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Hi, this is Kim Bilotto, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Do you have questions on global warming, about seismicity, air quality, water issues? What's OPEC? What's OPEC Plus? Oil prices and gas prices? You probably have a bunch of questions. And now there is a place for you to go and ask your questions and get answers. Starting every second Saturday of the month at 2 p.m., we will have a live call-in show in which John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, will be joining me in studio to answer all your questions. So be sure to take advantage of getting your most important oil and gas questions answered live and join us on the show. The call-in live line is 210 210- Again, the call-in live number is 210-526-3656. Be sure to call in at 2 p.m. If you want more information on how to call in live or the phone number again, be sure to email us at radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com. Or just go to our Facebook page in the Oil Patch Radio Show You'll find the information there as well. Would love to talk to you every second Saturday at 2 p.m. So be sure to call in. I'd love to get your questions answered. So be sure to call in at area code 210-526-3656. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Hi, this is Kim Bilotto, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Do you have questions on global warming, about seismicity, air quality, water issues? What's OPEC? What's OPEC Plus? Oil prices and gas prices? You probably have a bunch of questions. And now 
there is a place for you to go and ask your questions and get answers. Starting every second Saturday of the month at 2 p.m., we will have a live call-in show in which John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, will be joining me in studio to answer all your questions. So be sure to take advantage of getting your most important oil and gas questions answered live and join us on the show. The call-in live line is 210-526-3656. Again, the call-in live number is 210-526-3656. Be sure to call in at 2 p.m. If you want more information on how to call in live or the phone number again, be sure to email us at radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com. Or just go to our Facebook page in the Oil Patch Radio Show. You'll find the information there as well. Would love to talk to you every second Saturday at 2 p.m. So be sure to call in. I'd love to get your questions answered. So be sure to call in at area code 210-526-3656. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We're here in Houston at the 2019 State of Energy Luncheon. Let's get our speaker's name. Well, Quay McKnight is from New Iberia, Louisiana, and he works for Eminem International, which is an oil and gas manufacturing company specializing in well control valves okay. and other specialty equipment in that sector. Uh, we've been in business since the 1980s. It was founded by my father, and his brother and my brother and I and our outstanding team are trying to carry on the tradition of being a winning operation. So this is a family-run business, which is, um, you see a lot of that in oil and gas, a tradition. And I think if there's one probably word I can describe oil and gas, it's, it's just traditional, from traditional values, traditional families. Um, so you've been in this business for quite some time. Tell me how how have you seen the energy industry and your company change and evolve? Um, you said we're trying to, but since you're a family-run business, I mean, has it been? Uh, what have been some of the high points, and what do you think is the winning formula for you guys? Well, it's uh, you talk about tradition, so I, uh, and there's probably a, a thousand people. You know, there's probably a lot of people that, that are in my same position, but it, I'm, I'm a fourth-generation oil and gas uh, person. Uh, my great-grandfather was drilling wells back in the day. My grandfather had his own business building uh, different kinds of equipment than we build, but that's where my dad got his start. It's just evolving. So it's just evolving. So I've, I've, I've been being around machine shops and, and oil field work my whole life. Uh, so I, I have been able to watch it evolve. And I would say, in my case, the most interesting thing is watching these companies grow uh, because when I was... 
a younger boy, I, I could I could run a machine and operate a forklift and do all these things, and I wasn't even 18 years old. You can do that for smaller companies, but the more we've grown and the more the industry is focused on safety and things like that, um, you know that that's been a that's been a big change and a, and a great change. Um, so that's that's one thing I've seen. But as far as uh, equipment and you know just um, coming up with new ideas, coming up with things that can create value for customers. Um, Would you know. say that your company is very hands-on in the way that they're looking at each, each customer and their needs? Do you all focus on the customer and adapt a model that works for them and changing? I know you're building things like valves and stuff like that. Are you manufacturing them so you can actually build them or are these... Uh, where they haven't really evolved very much in the in the energy industry over time. We got our start in the valve business. Uh, we were making uh, parts for valves for other manufacturers that needed to be repaired. Um, we eventually developed our own design. We began manufacturing that own our own design in the 90s. That's the ticket. <laughs> uh, we were able to patent that design, and we've been upgrading that design ever since. So yes, we manufacture them. Uh, from scratch in Broussard, Louisiana, and we put them together and test them up and send them around the world. Excellent. And, and let's go over what you all are not just in the United States. Where is your? Where are you shipping to? Your or where? What what areas are you focusing on outside of the United States? And then of course the United States as well. Well, we're in growth mode right now, so we, we we're focusing. I love growth mode. You we're, just we're, see so much happening. It's so dynamic. Well, all of a sudden, it's just. Taking it's, off. <laughs> it's very difficult to be in growth mode right now, but we're in it. Uh, so we're we're not we're focusing on the whole world, but we definitely are taking it one step at a time. We're very we're we're, we're about fifty fifty, so fifty domestic, fifty percent international. Okay. Uh, we've got a strong presence in Saudi Arabia. We've got a strong MENA presence. Um, we're doing business in Australia. We're doing business in South America. Um, offshore and and Saudi Arabia are two of our our best markets because they require highly specialized equipment that and that's can. that's what we do right sounds great well quite thanks for catching up with me and coming and visited me in the booth I look forward to hearing you later on in the show where you'll be uh, talking as a panelist giving an oversight an overview um, and I hope I can have you back on the show when we're actually in studio and can go through a whole show on the company but thank you for stopping by the booth well, I really appreciate you having me, and uh, I'd love to do that sometime. Thank you. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.